Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 382. I just wasn't interested in doing candles anymore. Attention, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and welcome to today's podcast. Our topic is something you may experience along your maker journey and have a lot of mixed emotion about. I don't often if ever hear this discussed, so I'm particularly happy you're joining me today. But first, one of the most fulfilling things I've discovered through starting Gift Biz Unwrapped is the warmth, camaraderie, and generosity of the community that we formed. You're so giving and so talented. And of course, I always want to give back to you too, to do something that can make your efforts easier and your results greater. So I asked you how, and you surprised me. It wasn't help with an email marketing strategy. It wasn't about selling at shows or any other number of topics that make up a solid growing business. Nope. What you're overwhelmingly asking for is help with social media posting. You've been telling me that you're putting in the time, you're posting frequently, And you're discouraged because you aren't seeing any of this move the needle for your sales. Message received. Putting in more and more time posting in the same way isn't going to magically bring you in the sales. You need to change the way you're posting and what you're posting. You don't need to put in more work. You need to put in the right work. And that's when you'll see things change. And I've created your guide to do just that. It's called Content for Makers, and it's specially designed for handmade product makers like you. Content for Makers will help you understand why your current social media activities aren't converting into sales. It will also show you how to put in less time and start seeing activity through social that will lead to increased sales. Just imagine knowing exactly what to post and getting it done in just minutes each day. That frees up space for you to interact with potential clients, deepen relationships with those you already know, and all of this continues to build upon itself naturally. Yes, this really is possible. Content for Makers will accomplish this for you. To see all the details, jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash content for makers. But honestly, at only $27, it's a no-brainer. Plus, you only have to pay for it once for use year after year. Why carry on posting as you've been doing all along, expecting different results? Sign up for Content for Makers now and see the transformation of your posting experience change right before your very eyes. Giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash content for makers. It's ready and waiting for your immediate access right now. Okay, let's get back to the topic of the day. What if you start your own business, 
selling a product you've always loved making as a hobby, but now find it's not what you expected. Either it's taking way more time than you thought it would, or you find that the activities involved in running a business don't make you happy. In fact, it's making you flat out miserable. What do you do? You could just close up shop and be done with it. But then you think of the perception you've created, that you're a quitter or couldn't make it in the world of small business. Isn't imagining what others think of you just the worst? So here's the first piece of advice. Focus on your happiness and not what others will think of you. Because here's the thing. Starting your own business is meant to give you joy and freedom. Granted, I don't think that any of us truly understand how much work it is until we've done it. But overall, we still love what we're doing. Unless you don't. And sometimes it's that your life is changing and your business just isn't a fit anymore. People also stay in their business too long because they've put so much time and energy into it that they feel trapped. They'll say, how can I give it up now when it's finally on a steady upward clip? And of course, if your business is losing money month over month and it's getting financially risky for you, something needs to change or you may wanna just cut your losses and walk away. Today, we're going to hear Erin's story. She had a profitable business with a solid customer following, reliable sales channels bringing in orders regularly, all the things that a successful business should be. But it didn't fit into her life anymore. And most importantly, her visions for her future. Here, I'm going to let her explain it all to you right now. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be bringing you Erin Wensley today. Erin is the former co-owner and creator of Hopping Creations Candles, which was established in August of 2018. Originally, she and her husband sold candles at farmers markets and art fairs, eventually expanding to selling online through consignments and opening a small shop in the back of their home. In late 2020-21, Erin decided to close her shop and shut down her business. After careful consideration, she realized she no longer had the passion to create candles, and Hopping Creations candles overall no longer matched her life goals. Today, Erin is a busy mom and wife looking towards her next adventure of going back to work as a substitute teacher and planning a second children's book. Erin, life continues to evolve for you. Welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. I am thrilled that you're here and everyone who's listening might be like, well, why are we talking to Erin? She has now shut down her business. And I actually think this is one of the best examples that we could ever be presenting as a handmade product business owner that things change. Life evolves. Your business could be something that you draw a living salary from. It could be something that enhances your life, I should say, for a short time. It can be just a plethora of different things that come in and out of your life. And we're going to hear Aaron's story. I am, like I said, so excited that you're here, Aaron. but you know the drill. 
<laughs> the first thing that I want to hear from you is your motivational candle. So if you were to give us a little bit of a different insight from you in this creative way, what would your motivational candle look like by a color and a quote or a mantra, something like that? Well, of course, it'd be all natural. But I always like a candle that's always like gray and sea foam because I always love being outdoors, especially around water. It gives me the most peaceful time in my life. I just really enjoy it. It makes me relaxed. And if I were to have a quote, I would have just keep swimming from Minimo. I always felt that it kind of gives you the inspiration of just keep going no matter what's going on in your life and just keep moving on. So I would think that was always a very important quote. And plus, I'm a cartoon fiend. So I always love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that aligns perfectly yeah. with what we're talking about, too. Just keep yeah. swimming on. Like I'm thinking of a fish that goes through cold water and then warm water and all different areas. You just keep going. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, I want you to reminisce about your business. And that's how I first found you. No shock to anybody. I'm such a candle lover. And as soon as I found you, I bought some of your candles. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Way back. I think uh, we've known each other for several years now. And I bought your candles and one of them was sitting behind me in my home office burning because I can't burn things in this office, but at my house, I obviously can. And it just really, really affected the environment and how I was working. So I'm going to first be a testimonial to the products that you created. They were fabulous, natural, beautiful, smelled so, so good. Go back to that time, okay, of Hopping Creations Candles and how you started. Like, where did that come into your life? It's strange. It's kind of a long story, but I'll shorten it up. When I, after I had my daughter, after my husband married, we were suddenly a family of four and I was going to stay at home mom. And I needed something creative in my life between, in, instead of being at home all day. And I still want to also make money from home while I'm taking care of my family. And I first started just a passion because I've always been a creative person. It started with writing and ambitious to write a, a children's book. And I spent all this time really learning the process of doing that. And then about 2018, I decided, you know, I enjoy that. And I did that. But I would like to do something that can actually make money, like, you know, spending money to something. And so I don't feel so bad when I buy that cup of coffee. It's my money that I'm spending. And so my husband is like, well, help me. He gave me two books. He brought some crafting books home and I went through them. One was soap making, one was candle making. And I'm like, you know what? I always love fragrance. To be honest, I was never a big candle buyer before that. I got them as guests when I worked in off and on in school as a teacher and a substitute teacher and stuff over the years in teacher's aid. But I never actually bought them for myself. My husband actually was the one that had candles, but I always love fragrance. Long story short, I got into the idea of making homemade candles. And at that time, I thought I could get an Etsy and sell them and be at home and be able to have like something here and still be able to pick up my child from school and do everything that needs done. But that's how I kind of got started. You were so good at doing all of the things that we always talk about. You were sharing with everybody online, and I don't know exactly when you started doing this, but I could see you making the candles. I could see you on social in your, I guess that was the shop in the back of your house at the time. You'd go live a lot and talk about the business, like all of that. 
you were out there. So I want to make sure that everyone understands that it wasn't only like, and I don't mean to say only like that, but you were all in. I mean, you really built up to a point where you were all in on this business. Yeah, I guess what I learned from learning how to do producing a book, I took those same things I learned. I learned from like the publishing industry. I kind of put towards my business, uh, learning the candle business, because the same things that you do to sell books, you do also to sell other products. And so I did the very same thing, research everything, how to make candles. I researched what was popular at the time. I looked at products that were on the market, some of the high-end stuff that I thought what I liked about it. And I tried to actually mimic that in some ways, because one thing I learned when I was taking some of my conference from when I was learning about publishing, especially self-publishing, one thing I did take away from like, if you want to make something, people have expectations and you have to pretty much give that, check all those boxes. And then you can also put a spin on what you want to make, but you have to make sure that it looks like something that you would go into a high-end store and buy. So I guess I was taking those same things. And I learned a lot from before about online presence because, you know, the authors would get a lot of information about like how to sell their books, how to market themselves. Because this was traditional publishing that at that time I was trying to get into. And I belonged to a children's book organization which I still belong to, but I learned a lot from that. And I took what I learned from there and I put it towards my candle business. And that's how I approach things, if that makes any sense. (laughs) It does. It totally makes sense. I mean, you set it all up. You did a lot of research and analysis as you got started and then you followed through. I mean, best practices clearly as business development for sure. So if you were to describe your business over the course of the years, what would you say that you enjoyed the most about the business, that you loved about the business, that fueled you? Like, just give us a feel for you in the business. What I loved most about the business was like, I guess, seeing people love the product that what I gave to them, you know, like when they come to me and tell me how much they love the fragrance, love the bird, made me feel good that I was doing something right. That it was, this was like something that I was spot on. If they had any questions or any concern, anything that, that was like, I wanted to know, I wanted how to make the product better, or at least if I had any problems with it, I wanted to fix it. So I was just each time, and I didn't stop learning either. At the time, it continued on making sure that our product was working as it should. And also I was changing along with what was popular also continuing trying to make our stuff better. But most of my favorite part was actually being face-to-face with my customers and hearing them love the product just as much as I loved my product because it was my baby. So I was like, I want to make sure that, you know, when you send it out to the world, you want to hear whether people like it and it feels good. And so that was my favorite part. Yeah. And that just fuels you to do like what you're doing is giving other people joy, happiness. Like I was describing in the beginning about how it really helped me work better. I looked forward to going into my office, lighting that candle and having that atmosphere. So I'm sure, you know, getting that feedback. And did you find that you were getting that mostly when you were face to face versus any online sales? Both. Through my Etsy, I got a lot of five stars. People praised my stuff. It felt really good seeing people from other states. You know, not just the local area that I'm from that love the product. 
I got a lot of people around in this in my town, but it did feel good when you had other validation of people out of the town, the area, especially in states far away. So I, but yeah, I got a lot of rave reviews on Etsy. And what would you say, just to give us a feel again, what would you say in terms of your percentages of how much business came through e-commerce versus shows that you would attend in person? Most of my business was from in-person and at events. Rather, e-commerce was, I think, just a much smaller percentage. But most of our profits came from being face-to-face or through consignment. All right. And so now let's get to the point at hand for the show. When did you start feeling that maybe this wasn't something you wanted to do anymore? What were the signs that came up for you? The signs were for me is like, I remember driving to one of my consignments and I just kind of was like, I'm kind of like, I would like to do something different. I would like to have some, some different product or something else that I'm selling. I don't know. I just wasn't interested in doing candles anymore. And I think a lot of it was like the time that it takes to make a bunch of product. And then rather than if you have something on hand, like selling wine or something, you have a wine shop, it's easier to like you're buying stuff and you're selling it. You don't have to make it. I know there's probably more that goes into it, but I just felt like it was becoming so time consuming. Making the product, marketing, felt like it was taking, even though I was like at home in my shop or at an event, it felt like I wasn't really home that much. I guess I envisioned like, I'll be home working from home and I could be with my family at the same time. And then I realized when I am home, I'm not really home. And it just felt exhausting. It just didn't seem as I was like doing what I set out to do. And I kind of got frustrated with that. And clearly a challenge for handmade product creators, for sure, that you have that extra level of the time that you have to put into production. So as you were starting to feel like, gosh, this just isn't what I thought it was going to be. And it sounds to me like it was starting to pull you away from your family. How long did you go? Like you had this initial thought and these initial feelings when you were driving, as you were describing to the consignments. How long did you go? Did you battle the idea a little bit saying, well, but gosh, I built this business and I like the business or I did like the business. I don't like this anymore. It's done. Or was there time in between where you kind of let the idea settle in? I like the fact that the people love my stuff. And I felt kind of bad for um, initially when I finally decided like, okay, I really am done with that. I didn't want to let my customers down. I felt bad for them. I felt like I was letting them down. But the time it took from there, it was finally November because the fall is always a really difficult time. It just, we could never have any weekend for family. And it felt like, like all our weekends were no longer ours. So the business started really taking over. And one thing I guess, there's a local family who owns like a soap shop. They live and breathe the business. And for them, that works for them. But I realized it doesn't really work for me. Originally, I thought like, oh, I could build a shop and eventually have a standalone, maybe in town, something like that. But it just watching them, every event, everything, they're all there. And to really do that, you have to spend almost 80 plus hours if you really want it to succeed. I just didn't really want that. I mean, I was at an event at one of the local events they host and I had a booth there and I was like, you know what? I really don't want that. I kind of want to have my weekends where it's our family weekends and, you know, where I can like when I go to work and then come home and then it's my time 
And I felt like when I was working, I was thinking the business when we were off just driving down the street, I was thinking like, okay, what am I going to do next? What's the next marketing thing? What's the next promotion? I feel like I had to be on Facebook, Instagram, and constantly posting pictures, even when I didn't really have much to say. And I know there's a lot of things you could do. I felt like I was never really into social media before that. And I feel like I had to do something that wasn't really that interested in, to be honest, before it was just kind of a casual thing. And then I felt like I had to do it every day, every moment, you know, at least three times a day to stay relevant and also to be able to pop up on searches and stuff. So I felt exhausted about that. Yeah. And I love that you're speaking your truth because there are some people who love all of that. I talk with many makers who are fueled, like their life just, it almost is like that's the energy that has them living to go to shows and interact with people. And because that's just what fuels them. It also could be a certain time of people's life. Like if the children are up and gone and you do see yourself with time and you're a people person. So I think what you're such a good example of, Erin, is going after something you really think you want, going all in. And then if you decide, no, this isn't necessarily either what I thought it was going to be, was good for a certain amount of time, but not continuing on, or for whatever reason, that it's okay to make changes. It's okay to, as a handmade creator, decide you're done. And you shared this with me earlier, and I'm going to have you elaborate on it, but you didn't shut down because your business wasn't successful, right? Talk to me about the business, the results you were having and all of that overall. Yeah, actually, we left the business with the profit. And when we were finished, we were able to sell, like I said, that local soap shop maker, they bought all of our candles, all of our melts, plus the equipment and everything that we had. So we were able, actually, we were able, we came out ahead and able to use that money to buy new furniture. Oh, nice. <laughs> we were able, we got something from it and we came ahead. But what I realized, we were able to make a profit when I was finally, because I used to think that I had to like sell, I started out, I had like six different stores I consigned to. And, and what I didn't realize at the time, you know, this is early on, this is like between 2018 and 2021, that more I made. I sold a lot and it felt really good seeing the big numbers of selling a lot of product. But I didn't realize because I was learning as I was going that that takes away from your profit because you're putting all that money back into the business to the money that you made. It goes back in the business to make more product for the more stores you're selling. And so I was kind of, you know, at the time I felt like I was kind of losing, kept not understanding like, gosh, I didn't make a profit. And I felt bad for not making a profit because I thought like, oh, I didn't make a profit. Something's wrong with our, you know, I'm doing it all wrong. And my husband's like, no, no, he's got a business degree and everything. And oh, no, that's how it works. <laughs> and I'm like, are you sure? I feel. <laughs> yeah. So you were making money. I mean, you were pricing your product correctly, but because you were in consignment, so you had to make more mm -hmm. for those shops, the money that you did make went into creating your yeah. product, right? So that was a business decision that you made, right? Because you could have pulled more for yourself as a salary. But if you're in growth mode, you know, those are all decisions that you make as an owner along the way, right? But the point is, many people, I think, if they've put a lot of time and energy and effort, and you talk about how you're not as thrilled about being on social, but you did it anyway. So putting all of that in, you know, many people might say, okay, 
this business is profitable. How could I stop now? Like I'm finally where I was striving to be. I shouldn't stop even though they're unhappy. What would you say to someone like that? You'll hear how Aaron responds to this right after we take a quick break to listen to our sponsor. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. Well, you got to really decide what your goals are and what you imagine your life to be. I think that's one thing I guess we love to travel and the idea of like um, taking a business from a shop from our back of our house and to like say like invest money towards maybe a standalone shop because that was actually probably the next step we would have taken and I think we would done pretty good you know but it's like you have to like that's the money that would have gone to vacations possible travel abroad if we get a chance that was one of our goals when, you know, she graduated or and plus we did, weren't sure if we we're going to stay in Indiana. We, I mean, we love to go to Tennessee a lot and we thought about like, maybe we stay in Indiana or maybe we might end up retiring down South, but that kind of puts us in a place where we feel like we'd have to stay. It didn't really fit in the, like our future dreams that we've always had. I think it depends on like, you got to really think about like, it's okay to change if, if the, the business goals might be go one direction, but your goals in life might be go the other one. And you kind of have to decide which you go, which is going to be the happiest. Yeah, that's really good advice. And like I said, I mean, it didn't fit for you. It could work for others. You know, it's just your own individual choice along the way. Tell me about the conversation you had with your husband when you're like, I think it's time to shut it down. He was ecstatic, honestly, because he is my business guy. I was the creator and he was the one that did the taxes because actually the business was really in his name the first and I was the co-owner because he set up all the, the all, he, all paperwork and all the license and all that stuff. That was all him. And so he was actually really, really kind of like, well, finally, I can have some rest. <laughs> so he was excited. <laughs> so that's good because you both saw that this was great to do probably loved the experience of doing it. It got to the point where it wasn't. And so you were both bought into the fact that you should fold the business, which is perfect. Oh, yeah. If I mean, it's another thing I could say that I've done. I think I look at it as like, okay, well, I've done this. And that's kind of another thing in my life that I could say that I, you know, check off my experiences. Right. So what kind of steps did you take to actually close the business? You've already started referencing the other shop. If someone's in this situation, and also the other thing I just want to say to anyone who's listening is sometimes you shut down one business to start another too. A lot of people will have multiple businesses over the course of their life. You've learned something from the business you currently have. 
maybe you're just not in love with the product that you make anymore. Or maybe the product has lost its relevancy because it's just not part of our day-to-day lives. I mean, there are so many reasons why you would do this type of thing where you would completely shut down and either start something new, move on to something else, or just be done with business overall. And I want to just say here, because I want to make sure that we put it in this show, when you close a business for any reason, that does not mean in any way you're a failure because that big F word could shine its little gnarly head anywhere. So get that out of your mind always. You know, you're just, you're moving on, you're changing things, you're adjusting, whatever. Okay, Aaron. So if people are thinking, gosh, you know what? This is speaking my truth. You know, I don't know if I'm really so happy anymore. I'm not even sure how I shut down a business. What types of things did you do? Well, um, for us, we were as huge, like saying, like, we don't have like, someone who had a shop on Main Street or anything like that. So I'm not sure if more complications or not. Mm-hmm. But first thing I did, I let my customers know. I had a newsletter because I had a website and I had a newsletter and I made sure everybody knew. I kind of explained it in my newsletter, kind of like a thank you to my customers for being there and, and you know, supporting us throughout the years. And I kind of just let them know as well as I let all my consignments know. And then also I made sure I thanked them very much. And then I also, I let my assignments know, because like by that time I cut down my consignments down to just maybe like a handful, maybe two or three at that time. So I let them know and I gave them a certain time. I remember if I'm thinking correctly, you also had a specific time when you were going to be done. Oh yeah. So you told all of us the supply Mm -hmm. is what the supply is. If you're interested, you have until this date, and yeah. that's it. Like, so you were very definite on the end date, right? Yeah, I made sure they know. So everybody who wants to get something, plus I also what I could sell as much as I possibly could sell. So I wouldn't have a bunch of product by the end of the thing because I would be able to have a warehouse of candles, and, <laughs> you know, in my house. And so I sold as much as I could. And then I let people know that at a certain time, and then we're going to have to close down the business that the shop will be done. And I let everyone know online as well as locally that would come to the shop. I would feel bad if I just kind of let them high and dry. You know, I didn't like disrespect them, I guess. Yeah. And honestly, you never know what the future holds either. Oh, no, like, you don't. Let's say 10 years from now, you decide you want to go back into business. You want to make sure that you're closing the door nicely. Yeah. You're not slamming a shut. You're just saying bye for now and closing the door and you never know. You never want to burn the bridges. (laughs) Right. Okay. So you did that. You alerted your customers, also your consignment accounts. And then what else did you do? Once I checked all the accounts of like all my consignments, we kind of started like looking at for people to would buy our materials and everything like all of our pots and all that stuff that that goes in. I still had a bunch of wax and stuff. I was looking to sell all my materials that I used to make the product. So I want to make sure that I don't lose money on that. First, I checked some of the people I consigned with. I had a few bites there, but I eventually put it out there on Facebook. And luckily, the lady in town who owned the soap shop was very much interested. And she also bought all of our products and to sell in her shop. So your material, on average, did you decide to price it just to reimburse your costs? Or were you trying to get a little bit of margin off of it? Or what were you thinking there? 
we calculated all the cost of it and then just kind of gave her basically at cost because it wasn't so much about we just we didn't want a bunch of it just be here so we just kind of like you recoup your investment mm -hmm. there and also the convenience of then just getting it all done in one full swoop is really worth it too yeah Okay. And then I'm guessing your husband went through the paperwork processes then of formally closing down the business with the government and the reseller license, all those things. Yeah. He did all those steps and again, yeah, it's a little time consuming, but yeah, he did all that stuff. So I didn't have to worry about that. Okay. So take us to the moment when it was done, like everything was done. Get There's that recognition that nothing else left to do. Did you guys go out and celebrate or what did you do? It was kind of because when, when the other people, like the subtitles, they came in and picked up all our stuff, all of them were saying, it felt kind of bittersweet a little bit because like this is kind of, you're kind of giving your baby away. But it, yeah. some, once it was done, it was kind of this big relief. It, like, okay, I don't have to do the Christmas market. I can just enjoy it. I don't have to worry about like, I had like a bunch of like places I would have to go here and there. I could actually just enjoy Christmas. And not have to worry about selling mm -hmm. and advertising and trying to like get as many sales as possible. And it was just kind of relief a little bit just to be able to just enjoy, to not mm -hmm. take the time mm -hmm. and have fun a little bit. Yeah. So you enjoyed the season, you mm -hmm. recognized it for what it had been, and you walked out successful for sure. And you also had a plan for the future too. You have a vision of what happens next. So share that with us a little bit. At the time, it's like I was trying to figure what I want to do next. I decided to like, at first I thought about going back to school, but it's like, I already got my bachelor's. I spent like a long time when I was a single mom in an 11 years of school off and on, you know, like, okay, I'm done. I, I was going to do that. But I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go back to subbing and, and working as a teacher's aide again. And then also I thought about going back and perhaps writing another book. And because I already had ideas and stuff. I kind of put that on the shelf. I still kept my, say, had my membership to that uh, SCWI, I can't remember all that, but the uh, Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. And I, I stayed stayed that and kept my membership. And I kind of put that on the shelf for a while while I was making candles. And I was like, you know what, I'm thinking about maybe making another book. But think of it as more as like a hobby and just kind of focusing on just raising my daughter, working. And the teen years are coming, right? So you have a lot going on. You have a lot coming at you soon. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, we're already hitting the preteens. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about your first book that's out there now. What's that all about? My first book is like a zero to, it's aimed at ages like zero to, I would say five, probably three, and counting frogs. It's basically a rhyme and numbers book that talks about the, the little thing that I illustrated. And it's kind of like a story of these frogs going to this little girl's house to help to surprise her for her birthday. And it's kind of each one. And the rhyme is like one frog, two frog. It's a very kind of like rhyming book, a rhyming counting book. I love that. I was really proud of it. I didn't think it would get much attention, but I got uh, an award for that for like the reading for kids. I can't remember the name of the, the podcaster, but he has like a little podcast on there that's like all about books. So I was really proud of that. Very cool. 
And could we get our hands on that book today? Is it available? Yeah, it's available on Kindle. And I believe if it may still be available in print to order on Amazon, you can get it. I think at Walmart, like Counting Frogs. Counting Frogs. So if anyone's interested, you go and look and see, find Counting Frogs by Erin Wensley. I know you can't share everything and you probably might not even have it formulated yet in your mind, but what are you thinking for another book along the similar type path or something different? I kind of write for preschool age because that's kind of the area that like, I used to work in the classrooms like at preschool and I used to work off and on when my oldest daughter was young between going to college and that I used to work with preschool age children a lot. So I write for that age group predominantly. So, and I also like to illustrate my books. So I have a few ideas, stories that are manuscripts I've already written and I worked on. I used to try to get traditionally published, but that's really difficult. It doesn't mean it's not off table, but it's a long haul. <laughs> so that's my goal. It's a long haul and you don't have to. No, you not anymore. Have to anymore, you know, in this no. day and age. I mean, I self-published my book. You could get more books out if you wanted to, not going the traditional publisher route. So maybe there'll be a little line of books in the future, Erin. You never know. I hope so. You never know. It used to be like, it's kind of looked down upon more, especially in the, my organization. But now they're kind of embracing it more and they're embracing the idea of self-publishing. Yeah. Well, it's become a thing now and it's so much easier. Oh, yeah. And timely. And if you'd want to talk about something fitting in your lifestyle, self-publishing way more than publisher deadline demands and rewrites and bleh, all that craziness. Oh, yeah. And try to get agent. That's the hardest part. Well, we won't go down that path because that's a whole nother thing. But I'm so happy that you've come on and talked about this because it's not anything we've really addressed yet. I mean, we talk about, yeah, you close your company. And of course, some people like within our groups have closed. I mean, you're part of Gift Biz Breeze and you know, you've or seen some posts about people who are revising, adjusting, changing for all different types of reasons. And I love your example and you truly are a model for someone who has a successful business and still makes the choice that, you know, it just doesn't fit anymore. So it was wonderful for the time that it was. You have that experience. You can say that you did it. And you also saw when it had run its course. So sharing all of that with us is just such a great gift for all of us just to know that it's okay to do final words to anybody who's experiencing what you were experiencing when you were making the decision to close down? I think they need to really think, evaluate what's the most important for them. You need to think of like, what is the most that makes me happy? Where do I see myself in five years or 10 years? Does the business really reflect where I want to go? And if it isn't, maybe that's not where you should go. Say you own a wine shop. And I like to use that example, I guess. But say you owned one, and in the first, it's exciting, but you just don't see yourself in it anymore. But or your choice is like is to do more of it, or you know, and that's not it. Then maybe it's okay to change. It's okay. Don't worry what others are going to think or say because you know they're going to think and say it anyway. So you might as well do what's best for you, and you know, because in the end, you're the one that's going to have to live the life. It's all about what makes you happy. And if that's going to make you happy, then you might as well do it. So you're giving us permission. 
from Aaron to us. You're giving us the permission. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and I really, I want to underscore the point that you're talking about. You've got to look inward and how you feel inward versus looking outward and how other people are going to respond. Because in the end, it's your life. You know, you don't want to live your life for others. You want to live your life for yourself and your family. Definitely. Excellent, Erin. Thank you again so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you so much, too. Thank you, Erin, for sharing this very important story and being an example of how to pivot and stay on course with what you want out of life. Erin has modeled for us that it's okay to decide being a business owner is not for you anymore, or it's okay to shut down one business and open another. What isn't okay is to feel like you're held hostage by a business of your own making. As a soon-to-be, current, or past business owner, the rules are always under your control. You get to call the shots, and sometimes moving on to something else is the perfect key to happiness in life. The choice is all yours. Before you move on to your next activity today, make sure to get your name on the list for at least one Gift Biz Bash. You can see the dates and times for upcoming sessions and get signed up over at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash bash. And if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to show support, a rating and review would be wonderful. It helps spread the word about the show too, so it's a great way to pay it forward. There's also another way to get something tangible in exchange for your support. Visit my merch shop for a wide variety of inspirational items like mugs, journals, water bottles, and more, featuring logos, images, and quotes to inspire you throughout your day. Makes a great gift, too. And we've just added some new products for the season. Which is my favorite design right now? It's a toss-up with that gorgeous lemonade image and a quote about refreshing and the beautiful butterfly design. What's yours? Turnaround is quick and the quality is top-notch. Nothing but the best for you. Take a look at all the options at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash shop. All proceeds from these purchases helps me offset the costs of producing this podcast. And now, be safe and well, and I'll see you again next time on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.